how does this sound? You sound like the evil uh, spirit in Session 9. <laughs> Do it. I sound like, I sound like Poltergeist. Like, mommy, where are you, Carolyn? Mommy, mommy, where are you? I can't see you, mommy. David Jobs, Keaton. Hey, everybody, this is David Jobs, Keaton, and J. David Osborne. This is the Almost Good Podcast. Hey, everybody, let me know if I'm too close to the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that sounds perfect. Just do the whole podcast like that. Wait, am I, I am, this is one fist length away. Oh, that's, that's very deep. Oh, Here, like I'll do, that? I'll do, a, I'll do a fist. <laughs> I'll do a fist length too. All right, now I'm a fist length away. Is that? Both, that's is two that? fists. The two-fisted podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Two-Fisted Podcast. <laughs> oh, this is your host, Two Dads, and we're going to talk about how we take revenge if anybody hurt our family. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Hey, any of you ladies out there, you want to know how to fold a diaper? <laughs> uh, dude, it's I'm about like, to have to learn. I'm about a month like, away. It's like folding the American flag. For your fallen brothers in combat. I don't know what that meant either. But you start with the corners, and then you run it up the flagpole, and you salute it. <laughs> Hail to the dipes. <laughs> Doesn't even sound like you, dude. I don't know what's going on. It's my new microphone. It's my new microphone. I hit the, I hit the button that said extra beefy. <laughs> oh, my face hurts from laughing. Oh, God. That's good. Um, hi, everybody. Welcome to Almost Good. We haven't done an episode in, oh, I don't know, eight months, something like oh that. Oh, my God. It's been, a, it's been a while. It's been a yeah. while. Uh, I'm so, yeah, I'm very excited about this. Yeah, I'm excited to be back as well. My name is J. David Osborne, and that is... My name's Dave also. Yeah. I also have, I also have three names. David James Keaton. Dave Keaton, if you actually know me, you can drop the J. You can... You can drop the J. We met in real life. <laughs> All right. Excellent. I'm going to get used to this and I'll stop laughing at it eventually, but it's still <laughs> very funny to me. Um, well. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I dropped the new mic right on my balls. <laughs> and possibly it made my voice deeper. Okay, is this a is this a normal voice? Can you hear me normally? Does this yeah. sound like a good volume? It's a fine. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna keep it like that. So yeah, man, I haven't talked to you forever. It's so many, so many things, so many I things know. have changed. Yeah, uh, they really have. How's yeah. how's life been uh, over there in COVID world? It's not bad, you know. Um, I mean, it's terrible, but I'm, I guess we're kind of we've adjusted. I recently the whole house got track suits, so that was exciting. I I got a velour track suit. I'm not I'm not exaggerating when I say I've been training for this all my life, dude. <laughs> a, a velour track suit is the most comfortable thing you've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. It's like I mean, I tried out the Adidas. I've always want I've always wanted like a track suit. Yeah. 
because you, you want um, it's like pandemic gear. I want some sort of comfortable clothes. Like I first bought some nice socks. These mm-hmm. socks that said they lasted forever. <laughs> so I got my sweet socks and uh, and then I thought I need to work my way up. And um, I have some sweats, but the knees were wearing out. And uh, <laughs> take that however you want. Take that however you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to right. go down to one knee to salute the flag. You know what I'm saying? You definitely do. Yeah, you definitely do. Especially when you've been called back for one final mission, you know, out of out of retirement. You got to just take that knee and salute the flag. Like Colin Kaepernick, you know, take, that's, take what, that's what people don't understand is that he was actually saluting the flag by taking a knee like that. Well, I'm talking about saluting the dives. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I got an Adidas and uh, but they're like fucking scuba gear. I mean, I my idea of Adidas is like a corn video, you know, they or run DMC where it seemed kind of loose fitting. But if you ever gotten a new Adidas tracksuit these days, it's it's like uh, skin tight. I no, got the I, biggest one I could, but it was it was so thin and tight. It was like a it's like scuba gear, dude. It was weird. The ones that I got were um were re- I got track pants and they were really tight through the thighs, um actually all the yeah. way down. But then they were like really baggy around the ass. And weird. I don't have a I don't have a small ass, so I don't know who <laughs> was I don't know what shape they're making that for. Probably somebody who can squat more than me. Yeah, that's weird. I couldn't. That, I think that's what was going on too, because I'm, I'm one of those assless wonders. I've I've got like a very tapered m- middle of my body, so it was it was uh against my thighs, against my uh, calves, and then it was right skin tight against my ankles. And it's like, what the fuck is this? Like, I need that stuff's got to flap around. I like the the sweats that are like um, they're like bell bottoms, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This was like. I felt like Andy Circus, you know, with the green bodysuit and the tennis balls all over him. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wanted the, I, what I imagined was like the Tony Soprano, right? Mm-hmm, I, wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted the Tony Soprano. And I, and I think I got it. I think I'm, I was wearing it the other day and Amy was like, you know, you look ridiculous, but you look good at the same time. It's, it's, like it's, weird a, it's a weird, no, it's a weird thing, man, that I've noticed with, like you said, Tony Soprano, older Italian guys, oldest, older like Middle Eastern dudes, Turkish dudes, they rock yeah. things like track suits and wife beaters and gold chains. And you think, huh, this looks bad, <laughs> but it kind of works. It's kind of like Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems, you know? Kind um, of. Yeah, I'm not bejeweled or anything. But right, right. There's this running joke in our house that um, I think Amy's sister uh, noticed this one she said that i was i was very slutty with my time meaning mm-hmm. i found ways to use found ways to have a lot of leisure time when other people <laughs> would normally be busy and she's like you should be because amy was like overwhelmed with all these projects her sister was like you should be more like dave he's very slutty with his time and uh this track suit suits my slutty time I like that phrase. I've been playing a video game called Sekiro, in which I'm a one-armed shinobi who has to fight all these creatures. Um, it's one of the hardest games ever made. So I've been playing it for about a month, and I'm finally on the on the last boss. But um, I've been I haven't seen up. a game in years. What are these ga- new games like? I don't even know what PlayStation cool, Two man. is. Where I I tapped out. So you're gonna have to fill me in on a, what a new game is like. 
So I got an Xbox One. My uh, my brother-in-law gave me his because he said that it was uh, loaded up with porn and he didn't want his girlfriend to find it. Um, so I was hesitant to turn it on. I didn't. I it stayed in my closet for three years and I never turned it on. It was just sitting in there, kind of like lying dormant, like Cthulhu. And uh, that would be I've, scary. Like, what is? You don't want somebody else's porn. That's like somebody else's clothes. Um, it's like. Yep. You turn you turn it on and a voice is like salute the dives. <laughs> You're like oh dear god. No no no. Uh, but no, I turned it on. I didn't find anything. Um, I don't know where it's hidden in here. I'm not tech savvy enough, nor do I particularly want to find it. So, yeah, no, I bought um, I bought four or five games. I bought Grand Theft Auto Five, which is great. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and I bought Red Dead Redemption Two, which is a cowboy game. I think yeah, you'd I get got, a kick out I of got it. That. I've got that for the PS2, actually. Uh, you've, you've, okay. Uh, I've got Red, Red Dead Re- Redemption, I think, or Red Dead Revolver is what I have. Right. Yeah, that's 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 the thing. Yeah, it's uh like the first one, I guess. But um, this one is great. Uh, I actually stopped playing it. It's like an open world game, and you can mm-hmm. go to all these different uh, towns and the mountains, and you can hunt, and uh, people get lost in it. But I bought this game Sekiro. It's by the people who made a game called Dark Souls, which is sword and sorcery, Dungeons and Dragons style uh, uh, RPG, right? Role playing game, but um, mm-hmm. but it's a uh, um, its difficulty is just insane. These games are known they're they're notorious for how tough they are, and you just you just die over and over and over again. So it's that system, but put onto this game where you're in uh, like 1800s Japan. But you're fighting demons and stuff, and you got to learn how to block really good. And I don't know, but that's how I've been slutty with my time lately, because I've been <laughs> overwhelmed with um, editing work. Like I've been editing like five or six novels a month, which is an insane pace yeah, to keep yeah. up. But I also will find myself in front of this uh, this video game for about an hour or two a day, just you know, just hacking away. But it's great. It's because I stopped drinking. You know, I quit drinking. I needed something to fill that void. So um, video good, games took the place. It, yeah, I mean, it's a good time to do it. You know, that's yeah. it's like going going outside. A little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I found a lot of uh, not a lot, but I found a couple hobbies um, to to kill the to kill the plague year. Um, I, before everything was happening, I, I started. I was slowly getting into watches i had a few watches and i wanted to like have a cool watch and um i bought a i tracked down a zodiac sea wolf and uh it didn't really fit and then Mm -hmm. all the shutdown stuff happened and everything closed so i couldn't get it um adjusted so uh, i abandoned my watch idea and I started buying Hot Wheels and Matchbox cars, <laughs> and uh, playing with them with the with the with the baby. And she was in. She was. She seemed very tolerant of the of the new. I was bringing in all these cars and trying to get her into them. Like this one's from Smokey and the Bandit, and she would play with it for a minute. Um, and then for she got into the Batmobiles. She liked the little the pointy little wings on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I kind of got really into buying up certain cars like i i had to have all the batmobiles and i now do and then i started buying up car toy cars of people's cars that i knew 
So mm. I got, uh, Amy had a Jeep Cherokee when we met. So I found a little Hot Wheel Jeep Cherokee with the little rubber <coughs> wheels. Mm-hmm. I found my own little Fiero from when I was in high school, the, the poor man's Corvette. And, um, and then that kind of moved into I'm buying the cars of people I used to know back in the day. So like a friend of my friend Glenn had a Reliant K car, the Chrysler K car. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a fucking Chrysler K car, you know, 1.64 scale or whatever in the mail the other day. Um, they sell them in Sweden with a calendar for some reason. I don't know why any kid was like, I got to have the K car, mom. That's but a different world. That's a different world. But yeah, it's like voodoo. You know, I've got people's cars that they don't know what I have their cars. I don't yeah. know what that means, but it feels it feels sort of like voodoo that I have the cars of these people that I used to know and they don't know I have their cars. That's um, interesting. But now Glenn might know now because he's I think he subscribed to the podcast. Oh, Glenn, okay. I have your I have your car, dude. <laughs> he's, he's probably listening, thinking that's got really you. weird, man. That's it's, that's strange. But it makes sense. Um, so yeah, so I, I got into that. Uh, I'm t- I'm totally into knives now. Um, mm. Knives are my new thing. Um, I don't know you. I I sent you a knife when it started. That's when mm-hmm. the knife. Started. Oh yeah, it looks got... great. Thank you, by the way. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a really cool knife. Yeah, it's sitting on my on one of my bookshelves, um, just kind of looking pretty. It's a good one to whittle with. I mm-hmm. sent you a, a, a buck, a buck fifty five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have uh, I have some wood. Good whittler. I have some wood to whittle with. I've been I've been playing around with that a little bit, and uh, I um been watching videos on youtube of people who are really good at whittling and uh i don't know it's just one of those things whenever i see it's it's a completely useless skill but uh yeah but it fits get, with the track it goes with the tracksuit pretty well i think this old man old man corner tracksuits and whittling that's right that's right but um so today like movie wise oh, oh we're shit. gonna we're gonna be talking about a, a movie that came out in 2008 called no not exactly not exactly it's called never back down um, oh yeah and you you really wanted me to watch this movie you were kind of harassing me on the t- on text messages to, to watch this movie and I, uh, rec- I recommended this like last year i think i sent you the rental fee um oh, which you, you used to buy food or something i don't know yeah i was like here it's it's five that it's five ninety nine on iTunes, and I, I PayPal'd it to you. I don't oh. know. Maybe a lot of people PayPal you five ninety nine. I just it was pocketed a strange, it. Yeah. It was a yeah. strange specific <laughs> amount. So a year later, it paid off. Yeah, um, yeah. I watched it. I liked it. I thought it was great. Uh, very. Uh, I think that these types of movies, for people who are listening, Never Back Down is about a guy who's in high school. He looks like he's about 27, 28 years old. <laughs> um, but he's in he high like school. He, he looks like a Tom Cruise relative, doesn't he? He's got he does. sort of that, that yeah, look. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, was that he's like kind of uh, Tom Cruise with a speech impediment, is the way that I would put it. <laughs> um, but he uh, he's a star football player, but he's got a lot of built-up anger because he uh, his dad was drunk, and he let his dad drive, and so his dad died, and he blames himself. So he's got all this built-up rage inside of him so they they moved to orlando well wait, um, don't don't forget don't forget that they have to move because he's constantly beating the shit out of people like he, right 
Right. Like I was thinking that maybe at his other schools, he's the bully because he's punching a lot of people. And the mom True. is like, if, if you get into another fight and that, that doesn't I don't think he's dealing with many variations of the bully that's bullying him at the new school. I think he might be a problem at these other schools. We Could meet be. Him, we meet him on the football field where he's he's punching like everyone on the other team. Right. And it right. becomes a YouTube sensation. But go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, it becomes a YouTube sensation because the opposing team's football star sort of says, hey, too bad about your dad. Sorry. Sorry, he's fucking dead, you know, or whatever. Um, and he just loses it. So he goes to Orlando. He goes to a high school that is populated by other 27 year olds and half, half naked young adults. Dude, everywhere. OK. Well, ha- sorry, Before, half naked middle aged people everywhere. OK. Actually, this is a perfect time to bring this up. We'll get into the plot here in a little bit. But he is taken to a party at the beginning of the – very close to the beginning of the film. And uh, everybody's drinking. He doesn't drink, though, but everybody's drinking. And he walks past this room with two girls in a hot tub who are topless and making out. Right? This is a PG-13 movie. But you see boobs. You see boobs in this movie, which what? I thought I thought that was an immediate uh, R rating. But anyway, but I was watching that and I was like, okay, so these are clearly people who are above the age of consent. But in the world of the film, they're they're not supposed to be. So there's some there's some weird like reverse Larry Clark stuff going on here. I think. Yeah, uh, um, which is common enough, right? Isn't that what they did with Brooke Shields when she uh, she did that movie when she was? Um, well, am I thinking of it backwards? Mm-hmm. Was it or Jodie Foster when she played a girl who was underage? She was seventeen, but she played a fifteen-year-old taxi driver. I don't remember, but I hear what you're saying. Like we should be skeeved out, but the fact that they're clearly much older actresses helps soften yeah. the blow with the fact that these are children supposedly yeah, right but the, right. the casting is so so whack but yeah the uh when we're, i was watching it with uh with amy actually she um it was my birthday week and i was allowed to choose one movie that she would absolutely not normally ever sit through and um for some reason i chose this one because i knew she would never tolerate sitting through this movie and uh, she was into it like anybody else would be. It sucks you in. It's it's. I think yeah. it's well made. It's right. a terrible terrible movie, but it's very well made. And mm-hmm. um, it's actually over directed, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But as far as the this this party they go to, she was commenting that it's it feels of a time when there was that moment in, in movies or at actual parties when young women were expected to make out in front of the guys to turn them on like mm-hmm. typically straight young women start smooching and then that's like for the benefit of the men which is yep. a very regressive early 2000 move which it was is in uh, it was in romeo must die also i remember seeing that in theaters the beginning has a club scene where there's some some chicks making out it's all very this movie is very monster energy drink in movie form. <laughs> but it's uh, didn't you think that this would be an early 2000 movie with these sorts of things? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. It, but it's not that far off. It's uh it was 2008. So it's it wasn't 
see i have the uh i have the cutoff for our kind of current woke paradigm being around 2012 that's when things started getting called out for being um regressive or sexist or whatever so 2008 is still in the pocket i think but i think there are degrees to that awakening in in films that this Mm -hmm. one feels it, it it feels like right to me it felt like a 1999 movie there's a couple reasons for that like you should get to the main plot idea though that the fact that there seems to be teen fight clubs yeah. in this town and go ahead with that i'd like to hear a right. little more about the right. plot right so he he shows up to this house uh because a girl invited him and he's uh he's introduced to the villain of the movie who is a, a very kind of charismatic he's like so the main character is kind of like tom cruise with a speech impediment and the other guy is like uh brad pitt with like a really big head or something. I don't know. He's got like kind of this. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> yeah he's like a, he's got a bread, but he's more like he kind of looks like a sunburned foreskin. Like he's right. very, he looks very crispy, very, yeah. uh, very red and crispy. This kid. Um, but yeah, the he's like the he's kind of sinewy too. He's he's got an. I like the fact that he's a smaller bully. Mm-hmm. That uh, when he's next to the other, the other kids looks like he's got about ten pounds on him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas he his nemesis seems like a skinnier, wiry, more, and he seems legitimately more dangerous than the, than the lead. I thought he made a very good villain. I think that he he overdoes it sometimes, and he's not a very good actor. But mm-hmm. the idea of this skinny, blonde, rich psycho really was in the sweet spot of. 80s villains for me mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and he seems like he's and he seems dangerous he seems like he would accidentally kill people or he may have already and that that being around him in high school is a dangerous thing right yeah he does give off that sense of danger i think in a really good i, I really i liked his performance in the movie i thought that he was uh way more compelling than the the protagonist is. which is what you kind of want you know yeah he is when i complain about him i mean he did that kind of tongue wagging when he was beating people up and i think they oh, must have yeah. told they told him to act like you're crazy and he didn't need to do that he i think he was scarier when he was trying to be like a good looking saved by the bell type who was mm-hmm. for some reason trained to murder other high school kids <laughs> but that's another thing dude that that puts it in the that makes it feel like an older movie is that in this movie, I don't even know if I can um, verbalize this in this movie, the bullies are kind of trying to kill people. Yeah. And that, that is a throwback, you know, the way it's, it's like your life would be in, and this is kind of what happens in high schools, like in the, in the eighties is you feel like your life is in danger because somebody might be really stupid about the way the world works and they might accidentally kill you. Mm. Right. Picking on you might end in your death, like the same way the those prison guards accidentally cooked that guy in the shower because they didn't understand that hot water can be fatal. Like somebody might throw you in the shower and put the hot water on you and leave there all night and then you die. Like something like that felt like it was around the corner. Yeah, and yeah. That's what it feels like is happening in this movie. I think somewhere along the way, it became very unfashionable to bully people in potentially fatal ways, both in film and in real life, unless you were absolutely evil, right? right? So this character both feels like he's absolutely evil, 
because he's committing uh, various kidnappings and first degree assault. But then he also feels like they're trying to sympathize it, uh, make him sympathetic. And also they throw a bone at the end yep. where it's like, oh, he's he's just a kid. And that that kind of shit is weird to me because it, it feels like the movie exists in two realms. Like Cobra Kai. Have you seen that series? No, no. Is it good? It's not. It's not good. But what's fun about it is it, is it tackles it tackles some of this just by swiping internet conversations. Like on the internet, people would, would comment about the karate kid and say, Oh my God, the bullies could have killed him. They threw him off a cliff. And mm-hmm. in the show Cobra Kai, the bully is it's from the bully's point of view and, and his idea that things were totally normal and characters will say, wait a minute, you almost killed him. You threw him off a fucking cliff, dude. Mm-hmm. So they're addressing the fact that those things were insane back then. And I feel like this movie is is trying to do both things where this guy is it's crazy that this kid exists and that he's that dangerous yet the movie kind of normalizes him in a way that's a real throwback that's very unfashionable in 2008 even if it is pre-awakening of those more progressive concepts it's not you don't have a character where you give him a nod and a smile like remember that was crazy last week where you tried to break my neck. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so at the at the house um he's he's led by the villain to uh a, a beach um, cuz the the villain is just obviously filthy rich and there's a circle of people doing MMA. Uh and the, uh, everyone everyone in the school seems to know martial arts yep. and punches each other in the face. Yep. And so he's like he's like all right, now we're going to fight because he'd seen our protagonist's YouTube video and heard, you know, this guy's getting a little good press around the school. So he's got to make sure that he puts, you know, whips his dick out and, you know, make sure everybody knows who the real badass is. So there's a scene, there's a part right before they fight. Cause of course the hero never wants to fight. This is what this movie is all about. Every single character doesn't want to do the thing that they're supposed to. Like, it's like somebody taught this guy, this in screenwriting class. Yeah. Uh, don't, so they, don't do so the they, thing until you do the thing. So they they protest, 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 protest until the very last minute, and then they're like, "All right, I'm gone. I'll, I'll do the thing." Well, um, all they got to do is they just got to flip the switch on them, just like you said. If somebody goes, "Well, you know, I guess you don't have any heart like your dad," and then it starts <laughs> doing the the glitch vision, like <laughs> he sees right, red right. and he attacks you. Yeah. So he's uh, he, there's this great part where he's about to, and they're like that boxing shit isn't going to fly here, you know? And then you, you see people flipping around like monkeys and, you know, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, but the bad guy beats his ass. Um, and then we go from there back to school and he's, he's upset with the girl and the girl's upset that, you know, cause she, yeah, I, she, I don't know. She took him to the party and, and, uh, she was told they were just going to spar right. and, uh, she didn't know it was gonna be such a beating. Can we just back up to that first fight? Because there was something fascinating about that. Mm-hmm. It, it it almost it does feel sort of like a welcome to our town moment, where he's like, "No, man, we're gonna we're gonna fight," because everybody expects that. And I was sort of with it up to that point because, and I think Amy pointed this out when they when they get to the party and everyone is fighting, and it's and the guy look and. Very understandably, where the uh, our eyes are, the Tom Cruise knockoffs eyes. And he looks around. He's like, "Is this? Are you insane? What is happening here?" Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, "No, we're, we, we all. That's what we do." And Amy was like, "This is like some midsummer shit. Like, there's this town. The whole school is crazy." 
Right. And he's he's taking a wrong turn into a crazy place. It's not just a bully. Like mm-hmm. it's the 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 whole school is like this entity that wants to fight. He comes across people beating on each other outside of like study hall. He's like, what is happening in this town? And so that shit was interesting to me until during that first fight, he's gets the better of that kid. That kid throws some good punches and he's like, you know, you got some, you got some power in those punches. And he goes, it's too bad. I got to make you look like a bitch. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's where you lose me because why would you have to humiliate him? I thought the idea was we all fight and I'm going to assert my dominance. But the idea of this is another thing that's not going to make any sense when I start to say it out loud, but the idea of humiliating someone in a fight that you can't, that those things don't happen because it's, it ends in humiliation, not in some sort of exercising your demons or putting the, the, the beef to rest kind of thing, which the movie wanted at the end. That's a, that's a different time for me. Like that. It felt like a, that's part of the schizophrenia of the movie. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Why would he want to humiliate him? Because that's not who that means that that shows a level of fear or contempt in that character that shouldn't be there because he's so ridiculously dominant over that school. Mm-hmm. Um, if, mm-hmm. if, I don't know. It, when I, now that I say it, I don't, I don't know if it makes any sense. No, but it makes total that, sense. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, this has got to end with you looking like a bitch. And I thought, right. what? Why would you say that? Well, you know, it's. You know, people are complicated, Dave. I mean, you know, go they go they go back and forth. I think that there is uh up just fat yeah, up fat up just fast forward. I mean, like the rest of the movie is like it's your standard Rocky thing, you know. He starts to train. Jimon Hansu is his trainer who's great, who's awesome in this movie. He's yeah, like he gets the he gets the his new dad, new yeah, dad slash yeah. blood, blood diamond is teaching him how to fight. And yeah. there's the one move, right? He's gotta learn a one move, and the one move is to kick really hard. That's yep. the move that he, he never learned. When they said that shit's not going to fly, it meant that you got to learn to kick hard. Um, right, which, right, exactly. Which he, he does learn the kick. He does. His finishing move is, is in fact, that same kick that, uh, so you it's know. It's like a, a variation. The Karate Kid had the crane kick. Mm-hmm. This has the, the kick that turns the other child's head around completely exorcist style with bone cracking noises. But yep. somehow he's okay. Somehow yep. he lives through it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So so basically, I mean, from from there, I mean, we just pretty much talk about anything in the movie from from that point on. I think that um, I kind of went with it. I I thought to myself because they make it very clear that uh, the bad guy has been training karate his whole life because his dad's a psychopath. Also, there's a great scene that only lasts about two minutes with his dad, I, with, yeah, the, I with the bad guy's that, dad. It's an amazing and scene. It's an amazing scene in his dad, whoever that actor is who plays him. It's so perfect because he's so he doesn't say anything cartoonish to him. Well, all he does, like he mouths off to his dad at a pool party and his dad gets up in his face. He's like, you're trying to embarrass me in front of your friends. And uh, and you get the impression just from that scene that not only is his dad kind of a violent monster, but he's also he's probably fucking some of those girls too, right? Like he's kind of one of those creepy guys who yeah, well, he wanted who to hangs, hang around the party. That's he, what he wants wanted. to hang around the he wants to hang around the. He's got his shirt open. It's like it's one of I I think in in this movie I actually I don't think this is a bad movie. Um, I think it's got a lot of. Are you uh, saying is it, is it an almost good movie? It's an almost good movie. Yeah, it's got a lot of fantastic scenes in it though you know like these just particularly with uh his trainer and with the dad you know like there there are some very 
well executed scenes. I think it builds. I think it ramps up nicely. I mean, I enjoy watching it. I've watched it a couple times now. Amy didn't hate. Well, she did when it was over. She said, "You you owe me." <laughs> but during it, the normally she hates fight scenes because they just sort of exist for the sake of. It's like dance fighting. People kind of, you know, hop around and jump around and spin around, and then it ends with some sort of conclusion. Where this seemed to have, they even kind of talked through it. Where they would, they would at the beginning, you would say, "Well, you did this and you did this." Even when they were that first fight at the school, mm-hmm. there certain moves are mentioned. You kind of get the idea that the one kid bases his fighting on throwing these bombs, throws big punches, and the other kid has some sort of training that's made him dominate the school. And you see how those things sort of cross pollinate. That the mm-hmm. blonde kid starts to try to throw those those haymakers out of anger and out of like fear where the other kid starts to concentrate on the moment he gets so a ground actually, game too he gets a yeah, little bit of a ground game does yeah so it, it, it's sort of intelligent in the fighting um and i actually didn't mind the the dumb sidekick who's there just to tell us what's going on it's like disturbing behavior or, or any any other movie like that where it's here somebody says well this is what you got to know about this place right and he's there to, he's there to tell you what's but I also like the fact that he was kind of a sloppy kid who also was fighting and, and it just, was it, rich. Yeah. Yeah. I like that moment when they're in the um, when the new kid is in uh, this giant house and says, man, are all your houses like this? And he says, no, man, this is this is the guest house. Right. Just the, right. It's just this, he's in a they're just sort of on another level as far as wealth. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, he went on to he thinned out a lot the the sloppy sidekick and he's uh he's one of the X Men he's the fast X Men in uh, in like the new the new X Men movies he's the he's Quicksilver didn't he also play a psycho in one movie Oh yeah he's got school shooter written all over him he was in uh, the the initial uh, run of American Horror Story he That's was what I was shooter. thinking of That's it Yep Yep mm-hmm. Yeah he's he's kind of scary in that um, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's where I recognized him from. Yeah, I also I do like that this kind of fantasy world that these kids are in is is it's pointed out and kind of poked fun. Like because, you know, you see the main character is eating, you know, takeout food and all this. And but then, you know, this this rich, decadent, affluent, violent world that he finds himself in uh, is just like the rules of it are set up very clearly. I mean, it's just an animal kingdom, basically. Like there's a hierarchy, there's, you know, the um, the weak and then the the strong and you know everybody's rich and I I, I did I do kind of like stuff like that I like I, I like seeing all the trashy Orlando houses you know just people who don't know how to spend their money. Yeah, yeah, it had a real uh, real Roman gladiator kind of vibe to it with the with the people at the bottom, but also they were all they all kind of knew their place in a weird way mm-hmm. um here hold on one second all right mm-hmm. Pause. Oh, fucking giant microphone fell again oh, can you hear me yep hear i me? hear you i hear you okay yeah we had to clear them out they i could every word i was i can hear everyone they're saying in the bathroom okay three mm-hmm. two one and we're back and we're uh, back and, and apparently there is a never back down two which and is three. uh which three. is uh, uh, starring and directed by Michael Jai White. Uh, 
And one of the screen caps here on IMDb is of a chick with her boobs out making out on by some kind of stripper pole. So there's obviously there's more party scenes. And... Well, they're even older in those those posters. They look like they're 30. I, I don't think they're even pretending it's a high school thing anymore. No, I don't think so. But it's just an MMA thing. You know, but one thing, one thing on the topic of the of the the sexuality of these movies, right? Because um, this has been something that's been bothering me in the past few movies that I've seen now, with the caveat that this is, uh, you know, high school, and you know, you don't want to sound too lecherous when you say things like this, but for something that is so hyper hyper violent, uh, it felt very kind of sexually tamed. And you would think that something that's as masculine as as fighting, you know, that there would that it would just be grosser. I guess they they maybe had to hit the the PG thirteen rating or something. I'm I'm not sure, but yeah, it all just yeah. felt kind of tame to me. Well, yeah, it's that uh, it's that weird balance of you can be as violent as you want, but you can't um, you can't ramp up the sexuality because that's it has to be weirdly chaste. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and it's also again, I keep coming back to the weird out of time feel to it. Do you remember I have a question for you? Do you remember there was a moment in uh, in in pop culture or in in society where they thought that there was going to be a problem with teen fight clubs, that their fight clubs yeah. were rising up? Do you remember right. this moment? I do like remember right around this, yeah. 2000? I do. And it, yeah. And it was kind of like the pre Tide Pod cinnamon challenge. Like, what are the kids up to? They're beating each other up in these. I think that was the moment, but I think it was, that, that was way past the moment. I think that they. 2008 was past the fear of teen fight clubs. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not positive. Yeah, I do remember that. And I remember me and my buddies, because uh, this was the jackass era, kind of <laughs> right. beating each other up, but it was nothing like super special it was i think just, it happens no matter does. what yeah. yeah i think that that's something that we definitely did that this is back in like 90 you know you put on you put on boxing gloves you don't know what you're doing you just kind of hit each other and then right. get all fucked up and you're like oh that's yeah, we had i don't know if we talked about this already but i had our roommates in college this is mid 90s wrapped our hands in dish towels and just started mm. beating the shit out of each other and uh it got so we were so noisy our downstairs neighbor came up and he wrapped his hands in towels and beat the shit out of my roommate, John. Jesus. <laughs> and it was, and it would seem normal. We'd go to class and we'd have these welts on our heads. Yeah. And one teacher was like, Oh look, it's early man. Right. And we had these fucking lesions and carpet burns on our faces. And this was, this was definitely what this five years before the film fight club. So I don't think they, they needed that as inspiration. But this movie was darker where these rich kids have, have taken over, um, which is a very 80s move. The idea that there, there's going to be a problem with, with these kids these days, you know, they can't. But then they take they they self-govern and they they have the hierarchy swap and somebody else takes the throne and but he's a more benevolent king, this kid, and and you got you get the feeling that maybe the school won't be vi- as violent anymore, even though um, it seems like they're still they still love fighting. And they is it right on the verge of MMA too? Is 2008? You probably know more about that than I do. 
Is well, that right you know, around that rise? Yeah, it's it's right around the rise of MMA for sure. They were tapping into the zeitgeist probably a few years earlier was when it was really taking off. Also, what you're saying about the kings and the hierarchy, I mean, the female lead in this movie, who I just looked up, is played by Amber Heard. I she went on to yeah. She went on to beat up Johnny Depp. Beat up right? Johnny Depp. She did never back down for with Johnny Depp. Um, <laughs> but uh, but she kind of gets passed to the new king essentially. You know, she's with the bully, and then it's almost like you could read it as she can almost smell that the new like powerful person has arrived, and pretty much immediately switches over to him it's kind of it's actually gross if you think about it, it that is. way yeah yeah but but uh, i think that's what happened man i think that that's that's my read of it anyway yeah she she dumps the the sunburned foreskin for for tom cruise and, and that's after she seems to be interested in him because of the video going around two videos first also, this is another thing. It's on the ver- this this movie is right on the cusp of a lot of changes in 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 the world. There's teen fight clubs, MMA, and the third thing is YouTube sensations. Mm-hmm. I think right around, I think that is accurate as far as two thousand uh, six, seven, and eight is when you could be you could have a viral video on YouTube where people were concerned about how many views things have and there's actually sequences in this which are real dated where they zoom in on youtube and they show the number going up and up and up and up yeah they have the counter people and they're like look at how many views and he first he has the video of him punching everyone on a rival football team which is when he comes to school then he takes his beating from the bully and he kind of goes back into his shell he kind of slinks around like and and licks his wounds but uh, then he has a run, a road rage incident, um, which sort of is a is a precursor to all these road rage videos that are still popular. Yeah. He has a road rage in, road, road rage incident that his uh, sloppy friend records, whips out his phone rather than helping him. It's like good. I hope that you never do this to me. Oh no no no! I, he doesn't he doesn't have a phone. He has a camera. It's a very a nice two thousand and eight right. detail. So he has a he has a flip a out camera point. that he's always good. that he's always using. Good point. Good point. So yeah, again, if I get into a road rage incident, please don't whip out your camera, dude. I would like <laughs> you to help me. Could you help me a little bit? Because he's he's even proud of. He's like you know, as soon as punches started flying, I, I got out that camera and he films his body. The Tom Cruise knockoff, uh, off-brand Tom Cruise beats up four older guys in a Hummer, and he, right. at the end, he even smashes one of their heads through a mirror. Goes into classic whole, move. Classic. Yeah. If there's a fight that's around a car, someone's head is going through a rear view mirror. Yeah, why not? Yeah. And um, yeah, and that's a it's a it's a great move too because you know that that person could never they would have to avoid eye contact in that rear view mirror the rest of their lives. They would remember that moment. <laughs> they would never instead of it saying objects and mirror are closer than you appear, like your mortality is closer than it appears. Yeah, exactly. So, just imagine getting your ass beat and then you have to scoop your mirror off no the way. pavement and you have to you just keep it face down or mirror yeah, I mean, like you can't I look can't at yourself. imagine. Yeah, if if anybody uses a mirror against me in a violent way, please don't because I need my mornings where I stare into my own eyes and then I headbutt the mirror before right. I can start my day. You know, you, you need that moment. And they he, they took it away from that guy. But anyway, 
long story short, that I didn't even know what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. So that goes viral, that second video. And to speak to your point about the girl, they start, they have this montage of phone to phone. Remember that? Like the mm-hmm. vi- they show the video counting up him beating up the, the guys in the Hummer. Then you see all of a sudden it, it's in the hands of a high school kid. And then it's in another high school kid's hand. And they're looking up and they see him walking around the halls. And then another person's got it. Another person's got it. And then she sees it. And, right. uh, and she's back into him. Like the kind of the, the thrill wore off after his first beating, but then he's kind of back in vogue again. Yeah. And when, uh, when the foreskin is going to fight at the end and there's a crowd, <laughs> they have a specific <laughs> shot of three girls and you can hear one of them say, Oh my God, he's so hot. There's a, the, the movie is really honest in that way, and I can appreciate that. They, it's just, it, it's 2008, okay? It's 13 years ago, probably, probably shot 14 years ago, and they haven't really delved into any of these questions in these movies. It's like, no, I mean, he's he's ripped, he's good looking, and he can beat the shit out of people. You know, I want to fuck him. That's that is the extent of the of the gender discourse. And it's and a lot of it is because it's an important this movie is an important historical document as far as YouTube moment. He is a YouTube sensation as well. Like the the sunburned foreskin is they make a point that he is a he's a creature of video that when he when he realizes that the final fight won't be in front of an that turns out mm-hmm. to be his Achilles heel that right. the guy can't can't really solve him even after he beats up a bunch of people in a hummer the bully sees the video himself and he's like oh god damn it and he follows him to the bathroom quickly pins him down underneath the urinals and says i could beat you up right now but nobody's here to see it so i just wanted to put you back in your place and then the uh off-brand tom cruise gets to you know brood some more but then at the end they're in a tournament and the uh, spoiler, the um, the tournament doesn't end up with them fighting each other for because uh, the bully is too much of a cheap. The, the off-brand Tom Cruise walks out, and um, the bully is like, "Well, I don't want to do it either because no nobody gives a shit." So he leaves and he yells at that guy, the the star, and says, "Let's do it." And the other guy's like, "But you don't want to do it now because no one's watching." And he and they have this moment of freezing on the the bully's face and he's like oh my god he's right like he doesn't he can't he can't get it up without the cameras it's like the opposite of 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 and of uh your first day in porn um yeah yeah he can't do it so they um it's only when they put a circle of people around with the headlights and the phones start coming out that uh that the villain um activates because then he's got he's got the eye the He's got the fucking the panopticons back, right? That's right. the only way. You can that operate. is a, vi- but that's a very good commentary on how we would end up living our lives in this day and age. It does feel like people can't do a single thing without an audience now, it's no matter a, how small a, that audience is. You're right. It is an important film if that's what you're saying. You're I think it is. I think Never Back Down <laughs> might be the most important film of 2008. What came out that year? The 2000, summer of 2008. Yeah, summer 2008. I mean, dude, years. a 28 percent of Rotten Tomatoes doesn't lie. That is a sweet. Is it really? <laughs> it's a 28 percent. I think I that's. Was, I think that's too mean. I think that I. I really don't. It's if okay. If we're like maybe movies are just so bad now that I'm giving this one a pass for just being fun at least. Well, let's. Well, we should. But, I. 
I was hoping that I'd have to stick up for it, that we could do like a good cop, bad cop thing. But I think uh-huh. we both enjoyed it at the same level. So let me take a moment to talk about some things that are really bad with it. Okay. It's one of the, the it's over directed in a weird way where I was comparing it. When we were watching it. I told Amy it reminded me of um, you probably you remember this PSA that would play before movies where it would say you wouldn't steal a car. Why would you steal a movie? You know, remember right. I'm talking about. Right. Yeah, it's all flashing and, it had, and shit. It's and like all cop, cop lights. And it's like, you know, and the, the, I, I always remember seeing glitch. that. I always remember seeing that and being like, I, I, I would steal a car. <laughs> yeah, so. Exactly. Exactly. If it's got that glitch shit going on, right? That mm-hmm. the, the whole movie's like that. The whole movie is is as if they took that PSA and they made a feature length film. It's got a lot of those those little those little like uh, shaky shit and little bzz, bzz, bzz moments. It's yeah. like uh, at the it very beginning a, when he's fighting the the football guy, they have a camera inside the helmet that he tears right. off. So right. it look it's like that that uh, I always but think that's, of. But that's crank. just fun though. I mean, that's think, just fun. But it's 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 certainly doesn't need to i think that the movie would be a better film if it was more realistic mm. and that puts it in the that puts it kind of into a video gamey zone it gets a little gamey um do you remember there was the onion had a hilarious joke where it said uh 21st century fox logo does glitch effect to let us know that we're in for some serious shit or something <laughs> like that, <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this whole movie's like that um, yeah, the glitch was the original uh, Inception Braum, right? It was that's that's how you knew shit was about to go down. It was like the Matrix move, like, uh oh, uh oh, what's real, what's not? Yeah. Also, you, um, I was turned out I was wrong. I thought I was telling somebody else that if you want to watch this movie, imagine a wall-to-wall soundtrack of new metal, no hit wonders. Mm-hmm. But you uh, pointed out that it's full of hits. It must have yeah. been my dead zone where I didn't know any of these songs. In 2008, my music was my musical taste was uh, not calibrated right because I didn't recognize a lot of this music. I didn't know any of these songs. Oh, and yeah. You, you tell me they were hits. Oh, yeah. No, they're great. There was a weird synchronicity, too, because I'm working on a book right now called Wolf Like Me, which is based on the you know TV on the radio song. And uh, during the, the montage sequence where he's in the gym, which, by the way, I think it's funny that he... Uh, he does that thing where he like he refuses to leave. It only ever works in in movies where they're like, "You're done here," and he's like, "I'm not done. I'm I'm, I'm committed." But uh, no, I mean it's got. But anyways, though the synchronicity, by the way, is that the the training sequence has "Wolf Like Me" by uh, TV on the radio playing. So that's that's great. But it's got. Uh, it was yeah, meant got, to be. It's got Soldier Boy. It's got uh, Lil Wayne. Um, it's got. Yeah. Some stuff that I didn't really recognize, but sounds, I mean, it's basically like, uh, you know, when you watch like an 80s movie and you hear uh, Echo and the Bunnymen or something, it's like very much of a time. Um, And uh, yeah, no, I think that like when you watch, I mean, this is, it's basically butt rock central is what it is. (laughs) It was more, I think it's more of a, more in tune with your moment than mine even though the the material as the last gasp of these like sanctioned high school assault movies is mm-hmm. more feels more my time that's mm-hmm. that that's that crossover that's why this movie is a rosetta stone between our times it is it's got it's got your music but it's got my vibe right uh, if right. that makes any sense 
Yeah, yeah. Where there's right. no no repercussions for clear cases of kidnapping and first and second degree assault. Yeah, yeah. Why well, aren't those kids makes... in Why aren't those kids in jail? They kidnap people and beat them until they're hospitalized. They're, they're rich as fuck. They're rich as hell. Like nobody's gonna put them in in jail. You know, there there are no consequences when he beats. A... When he beats That's up the sloppy it. guy. It's really, it's really kind of sad. I was sad for that guy. I was like, oh, I know, don't because you feel it coming. That, yeah. that is one of those moments that I think was directed very well, where you could see the the wheels turning with the foreskin, where he's like, I gotta, I'm gonna beat this kid up, um, but I'm also, he's kind of, I've befriended him as a fake mentor, and you feel like there's, there might be some conflict in everybody in the room. The right. villain. Is he's not sure he wants to do it, maybe, or maybe I'm just, you know, trying. I was too much sympathy for the villain, but he, he kind of reluctantly beats him up because he needs off-brand Tom Cruise to get mad. And then mm-hmm. also his buddies are flinching, like, "What are you doing? Come on, and, man! Come yeah, on, and, bro!" And also the the American Horror Story kid is, um, you feel really bad because he's being accepted finally into that group. Mm-hmm. Um, where they they had kind of accepted him at the beginning. They were letting him fight, and they were trying to teach him something. Is that what was happening at the very beginning? Yeah. Where they yeah. you you see him and the villain in this alley fight, and uh, he's kind of lording over him. He's got his arms crossed. The villain does, and the 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 sloppy kid is getting beat up, but they all seem to be enjoying it. It's like this they've made a a decision that right that he's going right. to teach him that it, he was there to he's teaching. He seems to be teaching everyone in the school to fight, which is mm-hmm. weird. That's a weird plot. It is, but it also just makes a lot of sense when you consider that this is bef- pretty, just right at the cusp of social media. I think people started mm-hmm. getting Facebook and Twitter around, what, 2005, 6, 7, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, people didn't have stuff to do. Uh, we didn't have fight clubs in our school per se but we did have a lot of fights that would happen after school uh right in the field that i'd have to walk through to go home and so i'd watch a bunch of them and uh yeah yeah, i mean people i mean it wasn't organized but i mean people would be like they'd argue in the lunchroom and then you know i'm gonna fucking beat your ass this this was the again different times so there was a bunch of n-bombs you know i mean when white people get really pissed off and want to fight they say the n-word a lot um so they would they would do that and then they would meet in the field and they would they would fight even if well we had something similar except i think it was more this sounds more like that again that that sort of culture clash of generations where people would have these confrontations in our school and then they would want to they would want to like murder each other mm-hmm. like they would plot and plan and they would trick people and pounce on like the one of the worst meetings i took was i got kind of tricked into mm-hmm. this van load of people i thought it was just going to be me and this other guy and this van door opens and it's like you were in danger of being tricked into a very, very deadly, potentially deadly situation because people are stupid. They're not not necessarily murderers, but mm-hmm. they might they might accidentally kill you. I mm-hmm. think at some point it became more of a let's get this out of our system. And I, I might I might be wrong, but it wasn't so. It was where more people would indulge in it because it was an outlet to this adolescent idiocy and anger. Yeah, and, there was a bit of I danger think, though. 
I think that eventually it sort of dissolved. And I think that these sorts of brawls don't... I might be wrong, but I don't think they happen anymore. I don't I think, think they happen anymore either. I think that so. I mean, th- your story reminds me there there were moments that I that I've thought of. There were people at school who are in jail now who you had real fear of. Um, there was one where I was I was driving uh, down a residential street with my buddy Eric, and we saw this girl running through the street like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, like her clothes are all ripped up. And uh, she's a classmate of ours, and she jumped into the bed, and she said, just go, just go. And so we drove away. We're like, what the fuck is going on? She's, and she said, you know, I owe uh, – what name should I give this guy? Let's call him John. I owe John money. And we knew who John was, right? So John's a complete psychopath. And so there was this one point, a friend of mine, Jimmy, had moved away and came back, and we were uh, we were drinking at his house because Jimmy had a cool mom – who would let us drink Everclear uh, as long as we kind of like were safe about it. But it, it didn't really turn out that way usually. Cause what we did was we drank a bunch of Everclear and then we went into my buddy Chris's uh, suburban. Right. And we were driving around and Jimmy was hanging out the window, flipping people off. Right. And one car didn't like this at all. So it began to tail us and uh, chased us through neighborhoods for about an hour and then finally it kind of went away. And so we were in Votech the next day and uh, this drug dealer friend of ours came in and he's like, hey, yo, he's like, one of y'all got that Suburban? And uh, we were like, yeah, it's, it's Chris's Suburban. He's like, yo, that was John in that car. He was with his mom. He's, he's going to kill y'all. And uh, and we, we believe – like I was fucking scared, dude, for like a week. Eventually, it just fizzled out. Nothing happened. I don't think well, nothing happened at all. But I, I was, I, I mean, that was like. You know what you do? Uh, you know what you do? What? You, you buy a Hot Wheel Suburban. That's it. And <laughs> you, and what that does is that all power is dissolved of that, of that guy. You, you do this. It's like a voodoo. You get That's that right. car. You need yeah. you put that car and you put it in. Well, I would have had to have gotten John's car. I think he was driving a Celica or something like no, that. You want you want the the bad guy's car. You want that's the yeah. With the yeah. But no, I dude, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like something about road rage, I think is universal. I think that that probably still goes on. I think that people can get into car chases now just as they did in the 80s because mm-hmm. there's there's also an unhinged nature of that. Uh, people get so mad. Dude, car. I flipped I flipped somebody off the other day, and he likes I, I I he cut me off, and I just like without thinking, I just flipped in the bird, and then I see the brake lights go on, and he like pulls over, and I like look over at him, and he's just staring at me, and then I kind of go ahead, and he starts keeping pace with me, and I'm like, oh god, now I've done it, <laughs> like that's that's also Oklahoma, you know, it's probably Ohio too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it, you do that. You do that in New York, like New York City, L.A. or something. Maybe people don't care as much. I don't know. I'm not from those places. But in in places like this, it's you know, you it's like calling someone's mother a bitch or something like that. Like you have you've, you did you just flip me the off? Like I know might, it should be might, it should be meaningless. You might have to be meaningless. But you're in the and when you're in a car, you just there's just that feeling of invincibility. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I told you re- recently the, the students around here were they were surfing on a on an SUV and just That's tearing cool. ass around our block over and over and over 
like on the fourth lap, um, I kind of figured out where they lived because they would kind of do pit stops and people would jump off and people would jump on. And it was down the street from us. And, um, you know, normally I wouldn't care what, if they're going to put themselves in danger, but they were going by the front of my house. It, like, I don't know how fast they could get up to in, in a, about two blocks, but it was and it was so loud. Mm-hmm. So um, I walked out in front of the car and uh, they stopped and there was a guy hanging on the front, his hands where the windshield wipers are, just hanging on, just drunk out of his mind. Another kid was up on the top with his feet dangling down in the sunroof. And um, they're just all kind of wasted, clearly athletes. I don't mm-hmm. know where what they uh, played here um, at school. And uh, I just kind of walked up in front of them, and um, they didn't know what to do because they, they were trying to f- figure out who I was and what if if I had any – possible power over them mm-hmm. i mean i don't know what at this point i'm i don't think I'm, I'm very intimidating walking out there in my sweats in my tracksuit, in my fuzzy slippers <laughs> uh but you know they i was able to it it did put some sort of whammy on them where they stopped the car and i just kind of walked up in the headlights and they and the guy kind of slid off the front and uh they got back he got back in the suv and the guy rolled down the window He's like, well, I know, I know, I know. And I said, what you're doing, this is a terrible, terrible idea that that you had here. Mm-hmm. And they're like, he's like, yeah. And he blames the guy in the back. He's like, yeah, I told you, Nick, Nick. And he, he starts telling me about Nick, whoever that might be. And he's like, we told Nick it was stupid. You know, he's already pulling that kind of shtick, like that mm-hmm. goofy, the, the face you put on in front of authority shtick. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, and that's the thing. I didn't feel like an authority figure. I felt like, um, on their stupid level, I was just trying to, I knew I could get them to stop the car by coming out in front of the car. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, they're like, yeah, man, we're, we're going home. We're going back. And, and Nick's being stupid. And I'm thinking there's everybody involved here is being stupid, but right. if it, if you want to blame Nick, that's fine. And again, these kids are, and I call them kids. They're like all like two, two twenty, two fit. They're big, big boys. I don't know what uh, sport they played, but they were big. And they could have, um, they didn't have to listen to me, but I, I had some weird power over them because I had walked out in the middle of the street in the middle well, of the Well, you night. saw them. You saw them. That's that's literally what all most people need is to just yeah. be seen. It's like telling somebody to shut up in a movie theater. A lot of people yeah. just, they just don't know, you know? So if you say, right. hey. And they don't know who's you, behind them, yeah. It's like, hey, uh-huh. can you keep it down or whatever? It's It's not even who's behind them, though, man. It's just like. The the reason why they're being that way is because some people don't realize that that other people exist, and you have to kind of just remind them. Not in you don't have to intimidate them or anything. Used to be like, hey, I'm here, and I can see. I it happened all the time when I was uh, teaching kids, you know, and they'd be cutting up or something. Like especially once you get to high school, I'm not intimidating anybody, mm-hmm. but I would just be like, hey, I, I see what you guys are doing and. I just need you to not do that, please. Right. And most of the time they just stop. You know, they're like, oh, right, we got caught. My bad. And also um, there's – I think we talked about this too where there's there's some sort of lack of fear when with when you get to a certain age where everybody is a teeny tiny baby. Mm-hmm. Remember we talked about – so anybody who is younger than me feels like a teeny tiny baby. Right. And it's that, didn't, that wasn't the case when people were just a couple years older or younger when you were younger. Well, well, actually, I guess it kind of was. Anyway, um, he, they kind of stole my thunder, though. 
when they pulled away, they got to like to the next stop sign to turn. And I heard one of them go, fuck that little dude. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm thinking a little dude. I mean, I, I, I'm maybe, I mean, I'm six foot, 200 pounds, but they were bigger than me and they were kids kids calling somebody a little dude who's like 20 years old 40 years older than that, i don't know that hurts. it that was hurts. weird it yeah, hurt hurts. it hurt i went i went back home a little felt like it robbed me of a little bit of my thunder there and I, um anyway uh I, this other thing i was going to point out is this movie's full of all this video gamey stuff did you notice the mortal Kombat sunny chiba x-ray effect of bones cracking at the yeah, end yeah that's another that's another thing that i first saw in romeo must die uh <laughs> to, to mentioned that movie twice in one day but i remember that that was a that was a thing that it would go uh whenever jet lee was uh breaking people's bones it would do an x-ray right. of like an arm getting broken that classic last battle with the fire when he kicks the dude right on his crown and it shatters his spine and the camera goes like do 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 like down the, as the vertebrae are popping or whatever um yeah that yeah. was a that's a very late 90s early 2000s yeah gimmick. another throwback yeah because they but they kept it on when he was getting his his ribs worked over they kept showing it it was almost like you could just see through his skin for the whole fight they're just <laughs> reminding you hey this guy's ribs are fucked up man and it's you know kind of wanted to be like yeah man we we get it we get it you guys have... well what did this make you want to work out was this a uh I know, you were a very workout uh, oriented person lately right or at least you were a year ago yeah. before the plague yeah oh i still am yeah i never stopped going to the gym um because you know i just never cared i guess i don't know but um well are the... you uh so did they modify the gym there here they they moved the gym to the parking lot no, no, they didn't do anything. No masks. No, no. Well, no, that's not true. They, um, they put tape over every other treadmill. That was their, that was their steps to eliminate COVID. But, um, but yeah, no. So I mean, I, I kept going. Uh, yeah, no. I, I, what it really did make me want to do. I really do want to learn some kind of basic MMA I, with the kid coming. I don't know when I'm gonna have time to do that. But I would love to learn some of those grapple moves. They seem uh, they seem useful. The ones where you can like still be a little guy, because like I'm five nine, about 160 pounds, but like I feel like instead of learning how to, I was I was boxing with my friends for a little while. My hands swole up because I didn't wrap them, uh, so that sucked. But I would like to learn like little spider monkey moves, you know. Well, they say that the uh, the people that worked out through this whole COVID thing, if you worked out with a through the mask that people's lungs got stronger did you do that did you get did you get that extra no i didn't wear a mask um so i i don't know i, don't, I thought I, you I, said that you that there was a there was some controversy when you went to the gym and they were like you put your fucking mask oh on. yeah 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 okay yeah right so that was so wow yeah a lot is lots been going on so the last time we talked i was in el paso and that was a planet oh. fitness so yeah, yeah yeah in planet fitness they were really um, I think it was kind of a, a corporate a corporate thing that came down from on high, and you know people were freaked out. But as soon as I uh, yeah. as soon as I <laughs> oh sorry somebody's in here in her pajamas. What is hey. she? Hey, she wanted to sit with you, but I said she could give you a smooch good night. Oh, can I have a little smoochy? Say good say good night. Good night. Night. 
Um, sorry. So yeah, you were in El Paso and, uh, okay. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. So in El Paso. Yeah. Yeah. And the planet fitnesses, they were, they were really, uh, there was one point where I was going from a machine to the restroom and I had my mask around my chin, I was doing the chin diaper and oh, somebody, no. somebody intercepted me and said, Hey man, you got to put your mask on when you go from, but as soon as I moved to Oklahoma, uh, and signed up for, for uh steel gym here, like the rules just went out the window. I felt so free. I was like, oh, this is great. I'm around people, nobody's got masks on. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, now I'm back at Planet Fitness. But they don't. Again, this is Oklahoma. They really don't care uh, here as much. So I don't know. I feel like COVID was a really regional thing. I think different people had very different experiences of the pandemic. Um, and mine was uh, largely. I think Oklahoma just kind of kept doing its thing. It's got a lot of rednecks and who just refused to to put it on so yeah can you hear me okay yeah 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 it cut out for a second okay Um, yeah so uh, i mean we don't have to get in in the weeds on the on the mask thing um Mm -hmm. i'm i'm clearly uh i'd wear 20 masks if i could Mm -hmm. um and uh and you and you you don't but you're horrified i can tell that you're horrified Uh, by this I'm not that horrified. Here's the thing, dude. Here's the thing. <laughs> well, here, I, I'll just say this. I'll just say this. I don't understand why the 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 neckier you got, or as you got into the when they've got the full neck out there, as far as the rednecks and their anti-masks. Like, why? This is and this, this is going to sound like an, an insincere question, but it's totally sincere. Why do they? Why does that area shame the mask wearers? When it's just like another form of of prepping, it's like it's almost like a it's a it's like the ultimate prepping. It's like real time prepper shit. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, if you if somebody has a bug out bag full of just in case stuff, what's the difference between that and the mask? Like they should love that shit. They like it, it's it's no different in my mind to preparing for they're they're preparing for the fucking second coming. Or preparing for mm-hmm. whatever in their fucking uh, in their spider holes. So what is the why is the mask such a problem? Like it's it's dude, I think I think Trump told him it was okay. I think they're just it's totally ideological. Yeah, because I agree with you. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. You'd think that they would be. Uh, well, here's the crazy thing, man. As soon as the pandemic kicked off, all the right wing people uh, who I kind of followed, all the preppers, were like super into it. Um, exactly exactly they they were like there's this guy who's a he's a sci-fi uh writer um whose name is escaping me for some reason he's got a his avatar on twitter is like a, of a dog astronaut and i think his name is like dog astronaut or something like that but he's a notorious prepper and he's always posting about his stuff and when covid hit he was like this is my moment right and he was like the biggest doom and gloom guy this is going to kill everybody and i'm prepared and here's all the ways and you know he's got he had like n95s and all this kind of shit i mean it feels like forever ago it was only a year ago now but like you just watched the ideological lines get drawn between left and right on this thing and and people on the on the left largely uh embraced the mask and the lockdown and stuff like that and i think that and then the right went the other way and i really i really do think at a certain level it's it's that simple it's weird you know i don't know i mean i dude as far as wearing masks as far as and, and gas masks that's like the right 
motherfucker who worked out in a gas mask before it was cool. And right. his, name, his name was J. David Osborne. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, like there's, there was yeah. a guy running the bleachers in a gas mask. Um, and this was, uh, I think this was pre-COVID. The, the people like worked out in gas masks. People wear those fucking, those like uh, uh, nerve gas masks. And, and that's like a, it's like a, it's their thing. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, no, we got to take them all off our faces because that's what the, yeah, that's what fucking libs want. Yep. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. Why is very <laughs> yeah, practical, dude. very practical prepping actions suddenly getting this, getting that kind of shit? I I never understood. I I didn't want to get in the weeds on that. Honestly, dude, I don't. I am I am haunted by some of this divide that you're talking about. Like, yeah, yeah. There was a the divide is um, it, it has haunted me in ways that I didn't think it would, and it's. And it's because it's hard to 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 gloat about masks or no masks when people it seems like people who kept their jobs wore the masks and people who didn't didn't you know what I mean like mm-hmm. my my job isn't particularly lucrative but it, it was one that just so happened to make a transition to online easily and mm-hmm. also ed- educators got vaccinated earlier so it feels like it's kind of shitty for to to judge others for other i don't know like mm-hmm. there, i read that this is what it sums it up for me i read that tweet last year where it said uh you guys are talking about a lockdown but the country isn't locked down I, this is might not be what it said but it was like half the population is hiding and the other half brings them stuff mm-hmm. and when i read and when yeah. i read that i thought man that kind of hits home you know i order my groceries i order supplies online i order all this shit and people bring it to me and I feel like I had to be, I don't know. And I'm, I chose to be selfish in that way. I chose to, to circle the wagons and circle the fort and think I'm in here and and you're out there. And it honestly, it haunts me that other people are in danger in that. And and for that reason, I feel like judging them for other reasons is, is a shitty thing to do. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it's great. I love it. I love it. Here's, here's why I love what you said. What I just heard from somebody, I finally heard something from somebody who is a pro mask, uh, left leaning. What would you consider yourself like a liberal or something? Um, is that accurate? Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's uh, the the first, that's like the first nuanced take from that side that I've heard in a very long time. So I like that. I like that. I think well, that's I think honest. The, the, the lines, uh, the lines have been divided um, without the say of a lot of people that um, are on either side of those lines. And I right. think that um, things got fucking weird. Thing, I mean, uh, the, a plague hit the country. Shit got weird. I, mm-hmm. I know that there's, uh, there's nuances to these things that aren't talked about. Um, I don't know. I didn't want to dwell on that too much. I just wanted. No, it's I was, good, man. Honestly, it's good. We, we've, been gone, we've been gone for the whole plague. We've been gone for the whole plague. So I think we got we got to do a little bit of a plague. We got to do a little bit of a plague. That I thought our plague uh, plague corner would be just me talking about my knives. I got some <laughs> new. I started to talk about my knives. Right. Hey, you guys want to talk right here about some knives? Well, here's here's a, another thing. Here's uh, another thing though, is that you you have a kid. So so my position on you know like wearing the the mask in um in uh, the gym actually did did change i was uh, i got a little bit more careful uh as rios got more and more pregnant right because you know you just it's one of those things where you just you just don't know so if it's just me 
I kind of, I looked at the science. I was like, well, you know, if I get it, which I, I never, I, I never did. I think, I think I never got it. I guess I've never gotten a test, but I was like, well, if I get it, I'll be fine. I'm pretty healthy fit. It seems like I'll be okay. But then once there was that, that baby in play, I was like, eh. You know, and I'm like taking it home and fucking snoring all over them and shit. Like it did. I got to admit, man, it that's my nuance there. Like that and, that actually affected me. Yeah. Uh, no, it's that, and that's a, a part of the reasons why I, I batten down the hatches. You know, I mm-hmm. I'm I'm in the creeping up on that zone where the 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 danger level spikes, and it didn't have to because I'm fucking crazy and I'm paranoid, and it mm-hmm. didn't. It could have told me I had a two percent chance of death or sickness um that would that would be enough for me to wear the gas mask while i work out you know what i mean (laughs) and that's why i thought well hey all these these fucking crazy preppers are gonna they'll understand that but instead it was like oh you fucking pussy yeah kidding me yeah i don't think it's i don't think it's very nice to to call to call people pussies who want to wear the mask either you know like i i put my mask on also throughout the entire pandemic i would put it on when i'd go into establishments and that was purely out of uh respect for the people who worked there i mean i don't actually i don't think it really stops anything but i mean i want they it's like you said they had to get up every morning and go and i know that dealing with shitty people sucks to begin with and if if somebody in a store or something is freaking out about catching covid then i want to you know, I don't want them to look at me and think, look at this fucking super spreader. I mean, it, you know? Yeah. I mean, and they, didn't they say recently the two masks is what you need? <laughs> and they, I don't know if that's, that, that speaks to your point about what does one mask do? I wouldn't say it doesn't do anything just by the simple fact that you can't blow out a birthday candle with it on. So it's got to, it's got to slow something down. Mm-hmm. But it's, but the fact that they said, well, why aren't you wearing two makes you think, oh, Jesus, what have I been doing? Right. Been, I, just, I mean, I told you I went to the I, I won't get into the whole thing, but I had a trip to the emergency room on a unrelated uh, to covid heart situation. And I got to see some shit firsthand. And I got to see the fact that they were all wearing two masks. Everyone that worked there, everybody in that ER had, had doubled up on the masks. And uh, that was a creepy revelation, you know, because they're, mm-hmm. they were reassuring me. I got in there and they're like, you know, you're because I said immediately, I said, let's wrap this up and get me out of here. Cause I, some guy 20 feet away, I was watching him turn inside out. Like uh, the guy at the end yeah. of society, he uh-huh. was coughing himself inside out. I'd never heard a cough like that in my life. Mm-hmm. And they were yelling at him saying, sir, you have COVID try to breathe. <laughs> and I'm listening to that shit. And they come over to me and they're like, okay, we tested you. You do not, do not have COVID, but your EKG is crazy. So we're going to bring you in here. And I said, oh, it's a slow down for a second. Can I get out of here? Because this guy is fucking turning inside out over here. And you're wearing two masks. And they're, they're like, do you want a second mask, sir? And I said, well, is that better if I wear two? And they're like, no, one is fine. I'm like, yeah, but you're wearing two. And you, <laughs> you would know. And you're wearing two. And they right. said, sir, we, we tested you and, you're, and, and uh, you don't have COVID. I'm like, are you going to test me when I leave? <laughs> because right. you just... Because this guy test me over in, here, uh, you know, in a week or whatever. Yeah, you know? fucking uh, this this guy who is now just a pair of lungs sitting there gasping mm-hmm. in a pool. He just gave me fucking COVID. Anyway, long story short, when I, I came home, I thought this this one mask thing might be a little overstated as far as how much it helps because no, because everybody in that fucking ER that worked there 
had two of them on. They had one and one very clearly strapped over the second one. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, so the, the our my knowledge was limited, um, and all it did it just kept making me think I was not doing enough. Um, right. And I can see why somebody who might not be at the level of risk that I perceive myself as might say, if that's not doing anything, then why am I doing this at all? I can see where, and especially if somebody lost their job and lost their livelihood and somebody's like, you got to fucking do this and bring me my groceries, I would, I, I got to admit, I would probably be at a fuck you state of mind. Yeah, I think a lot of people got there. And, you know, for every guy who was like that guy hacking up his lung, I mean, the, typically virologists say that what we know of a spread uh, you can multiply that by 10 or 15, and that's how many people have actually caught it. So the number of people who get to that guy's point is just so infinitesimally small. And it's not to like also, you know, people get really sensitive about this because they've had, you know, relatives who've died of COVID or people who they know have died of COVID. And I'm, I'm not trying to say that it's, you know, nothing that, you know, it's completely safe. And But it's uh, it's like anything else. In my mind, the way that I thought about it anyway, it's like anything else. It's a, it's a risk assessment that you have to make uh, for yourself, you know, and, um, and those, uh, those, uh, essential workers don't really get to make that choice. So the way that I saw it was, you know, be polite around them. But then, you know, if I'm going to the gym and everybody, everybody kind of knows what's up, it's like, you know, having sex in a bathhouse in 1983 or something, you know, it's like, we all know what we're here for. We get it. I, I fully, uh, I think that that is your best analogy right there. <laughs> you have, you have acknowledged that you're going to go to that fucking bath. You're going to go to that rest stop and you're going to get down in the bushes and you're going to wear out the knees on your velour sweatsuit because <laughs> it's a personal choice. That's right. And as long as, as long as the other people in their kneeless sweatsuits agree, that mm-hmm. it's a fucking choice. But yeah, no, I think that, can we all agree that, um, I don't know. Let's talk about, let's talk about knives instead, dude. I'll talk yeah, about we can talk about knives. Hey, Let me just you, make did, a, I'm going to make a knife recommendation. I'm going to make okay. a, a knife corner. Like a knife. knife corner. Oh yeah. That's, I like that. I like that idea. Um, I would say that I've been experimenting with some of these flipper knives, like the, the little thumb stud and you flick it out and you flick the little knife out. First, I started off with the folders, the, the lockback folders, like the one I sent you. But these little flippers are pretty sweet. And um, I would recommend, if we're having a knife corner, the, uh, I think it's the CJRB. CJ, okay. Yeah, CJRB. Um, let me look on the, I actually have it right here. It's very good for fidgety people. Are you fit? You're a fidgety person, right? I'm fidgeting right now. Yeah, like this right here just... See, that makes me feel so much better just to fucking flip this knife back and forth. Did you CJ ever play with R- fidget spinners? Did you ever play no, with those I, things? No, I, I missed the boat. I, I, I went through a, like a, I went through about a month or two of playing with a fidget spinner. It well, was, it was is, great. This is like a fidget spinner. These with the, oh, look it up. So yeah, the CJRB Ria. So it's like Kia, but with an R. Mm-hmm. It's a ball. It's got a ball bearing um, deployment here, so it's very smooth. So when you flick the little thumb, so you flick the little thumb. So fast, you think it was like a switchblade. Um, and if you really want to like intimidate those groceries that you're cutting open, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm opening boxes. Like I said, I've ordered everything. Everything is being dropped off on my porch. I need to open them up. I'm like, oh man, who's gonna open those boxes? Hold on a second. I'm right there. Uh, I got the I got the little CJRB. So yeah, it's got uh, it's got micarta fiber. It's got a good feel to it. So that's the side of it. 
Um, this one's actually a, the one you can't see. It's like a custom uh, version with um, with this design of this orange and black swirls. You can get them with the G10 scales, which is like a glass-based epoxy resin. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, my point is, some of these these knives, these uh, these sorts of knives with the little thumb stud, little flip, they can go up to like three hundred, six hundred dollars. Like there's a Damn. fucking knife culture where they're they're expensive because it's a high end steel and mm. uh, they're you know they're like a lifetime warranty on these things. But this particular knife is like thirty bucks. Oh, and it nice. is. And I've messed with some of these other knives. Um, this is just as smooth as those knives. Mm. So. You know, if you don't, if you want to put the, put those fucking groceries uh, in their place, you know, I would say, I would say get this, get this particular knife. If you want something to fidget with, to mess with, 30, 30 bucks and it's smooth as shit. It's a, you walk uh, up to those groceries and you say, I'm sorry, it's got to be like this, but flick, I got to make you look like a bitch. sweet and also i've got this ag russell doodle bug it's called mm-hmm. which i guess they say is a smaller version of the lightning bug which is a bigger dumber knife but this one it's like paper thin blade um it's got this uh it, it's very light it kind of looks like a it looks like a guitar pick i um, mean you flick and do the flick it out deal with it but so, yeah i'd recommend those two the ag russell doodle bug or the cgrb ria um we should very get sponsored cheap. by knives, very, dude. We should get knives. We should get knife sponsors on this show. That'd be should, cool. I should, dude. I like. Uh, maybe I'll, I'm gonna send you one of these Rias because they're cheap and they're. It's fascinating that what they, like the the Doodle Bug. It's got this carbon fiber handle and it, it weighs like one ounce. And it's so it's a little small. It feels. I think that when you play with these things and flip them around, those fidget spinners had weight to them too, right? Those mm-hmm. were. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That, and I, yeah. And I think that's important for the kind of brain that we have that sort of twitchy a twitchy brain yep. uh having something a little heft that you can flick around in your hand um and again you're opening boxes all day i'm opening up the boxes from all different places so yeah we're getting stuff from our registry we're getting a lot of baby stuff from amazon you're gonna, yeah you're gonna need it you're gonna need i it. i walked i got got back from bringing uh rios home from work and there was just there was a stack of boxes as big as my door just just stacked up there and i was like you know not i'm not normally worried about people stealing things off my porch i don't live in a great neighborhood but nobody really steals here because people have guns so it just doesn't really happen but um yeah i was like i feel like somebody's gonna start noticing that there are packages here probably you know you need more you need more knives i think here's a knife question for you dude Okay. I bought I bought a knife off eBay and it was advertised as a TSA confiscated knife. It said TSA confiscated knife that they pulled off somebody that was trying to get it on an airplane and they took it away from him and threw it in a bucket. And this guy sorted out the good ones and now he's selling them on eBay. Okay, that's how it was portrayed. Um, the particular knife you've seen Swiss Army knives, mm-hmm. you know the look. This was one of those of Victorinox or whatever is the name of it. It was green and it was interesting and it, it was bigger than normal. I think it's called a champ, mm-hmm. and that somebody had made a paracord handle for it. And I thought that's kind of sweet. How much did they want for this? And it was lit like a fifth of the cost. If you buy one of those, they're like two hundred dollars. Mm. This guy was selling it for like fifty bucks and uh, like forty dollars plus shipping. And um, I thought, I wonder what this TSA confiscated thing means. Like he's telling you it's used. He's telling you 
this is why you got it. This is why it's so cheap. So out of curiosity, I bought it um, and it showed up and it is 100% a brand new knife. There's no way that this was in somebody's pocket. There's no way that it was thrown into a bucket. Like those those Swiss Army knives have those composite or plastic scales on them, right? You know, the sides mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. Smooth. So you could, if you put it in your pocket with a quarter, you're going to get a little bit of scratches on it. You can get something on it. This is untouched. So it's clearly brand new. What is the scam? Can you can you solve what a scam would be to pretend like it was confiscated? Is there a reason that is a selling point? I do not understand. That is weird. I think it probably has to do with he needs an excuse for why he why it fell off the back of a truck. Oh, uh, um, why he has it at all? Yeah. Like, why not just say I got a brand? He could have sold it for a hundred dollars. He could have sold it for. The bit, well, then like, he tracks the attention of the manufacturer, and they wonder, hey. Oh, uh, that's, a, that's a good point, because he was selling, like, five of different colors of the same knife. And again, I the, thought, what yeah, the TSA, that TSA he, did not, con- yeah. Yeah, TSA con- just yeah. happens to find everybody's got these multicolored Swiss Army knives. Yeah, so you're yeah. Thinking, it's, it's, you're thinking it's he gotta works, be, he it's works gotta be some kind of, like, uh, it's got to be some kind of legal um thing, you know, like, because you don't want to, I don't, maybe eBay has something about, selling brand new goods or something like that you have to give kind of a loophole i don't know why you need the tsa story i don't know why yeah, you don't just say used i mean maybe that adds a little bit of spice to it you know it was taken from somebody so honestly it made it made me hesitate to buy it because mm. i thought it's it's gonna get it got knocked around and some asshole had it in his pocket and used it to like what to shave his fucking dick with it i don't know what he used it for <laughs> like i don't i don't want somebody to touch it but i i couldn't i was fascinated by how it could possibly be what it was for that price and it was so i think you're right i think the guy works there i think he, maybe he works for victorinox or swiss army mm-hmm. maybe he's a swiss army sergeant mm-hmm. and uh and he's stealing them it's gotta be yeah, but it's gotta anyway, be. i thought maybe i missed the missed the boat on on that scam yeah, yeah, I'll look it up. There has to be a reason for that. But um, I think I'm going to have to wrap it up here. You got anything yeah, you want to yeah, talk man. about before we go? I think that is it. I can't think right. of anything else that we covered. Um, you want to talk the, about the uh, Kelly gang next time? Yeah, I got to watch that. I, I'm I'm big into in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 Gale where he was where he was hung. Mm. They had a suit of his suit of armor, that bucket and all that shit he wore. Oh, that's cool. um, it was it was in the Melbourne Library. It was being cleaned the day I went. How what a tragedy is that? That's I, ha- I went as far as you could away from where I live, the other side of the planet, and I wanted to see that fucking suit of armor and that bucket he wore on his head. And I went to the library where they keep it, and there was a sign, like a handwritten sign taped to this glass box that said that it was being cleaned. Yeah, if they had to do a little cleanery do, they had to clean it up. Clean, how do you do it? How do you do Unless, an Australian accent? They had to know. had to clean it. I don't know if that that's not it at all. I'm, you I'm gotta terrible You got to say your nose like noi. noi. No, no, yeah. Somebody noi. I saw a tweet that was hilarious. Is like, uh, you know, regular people know Australian people, and then it was like 27 letters. It's like <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> I just I figure that the people at the library must take turns trying it on and just fucking dancing around the fucking. <laughs> secret rooms because there's no way like you took it out to clean it i don't know no somebody was they're were, they were taking the piss is that an australian term yeah well, I, I have no idea i have no idea what i i 
as a rule, I don't pay any attention to what's going on in Australia. Well, that's that's the selling point of that story, right? For those of you that don't know, Ned Kelly, renegade in Australia, made a suit of armor out of like put a bucket on his head, a homemade suit of armor, and then did that uh, did a confrontation with the authorities, and that made him an instant folk hero. It's kind mm-hmm. of like the like the um, it's like the fucking Rob Zombie movie. Didn't uh, Devil's Rejects start off with that family mm-hmm. wearing like homemade Ned Kelly buckets on their heads? Oh or yeah, they, that's right. Yeah. Were those fucking? Do you remember those guys put on body armor and just walked around shooting people? This was like fifteen years, twenty. Oh years yeah, ago. the bank robbers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've never seen that. Yeah, that was in Los Angeles. I want to say. Very bucket-like headgear where there was just a slot. Mm-hmm. You drop the mail off. Did they get away like, or did they die? Oh, no, they, they died. Didn't they? I think a police officer ran up and shot through the mail slot and <laughs> and took care of the that bank robber. Dang, dang, right, right. Yeah, Ned the... Kelly, let's do it next time. Ned Kelly, um, or make something. sure you're watching the new one, the the new one, not the one with Orlando Bloom, but the the new one. It's a it's an interesting take. They kind of have him as this. Uh, well, I think it's just it's a very it's a very gay movie, um, and it has a it's it's very queer. I think is the way that it would be put these days. And uh, he's a very effete, uh, wayfish kind of guy. And well, isn't there's that with the uh, Sorry, the uh, the uh, Mick Jagger did a Ned Kelly movie, and oh. I think it also had uh, it was also very queer centric, or you know that sort of Mick Jagger swish to it. Yeah, right? this one's got a lot of guys uh, kissing and rolling around oh, and wrestling. Oh, it's wrestling more, and, okay, and, so uh, it's not the it's not the subtext; it's the text. Well, they're That's not. But I don't know how to put it. Like they're not gay in the movie, though. You know, they're they're just they wear dresses and roll around and kiss each other. But it's not gay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Australia. Well, it's it's a everything's upside different. down there, man. Yeah, it's upside down. Um, all right, man. Until next time. Thanks everybody for listening to Almost Good. And uh, yeah, we'll we're do back. this. And we're, we're back. back. And we're back.